Namaste. We come to the close of the series on Shirvindu's life through his poems. It's not a close, but just an invitation. And the reason was that uh, Shubhendra has said that his life has not been on the surface for men to see. So how to see, how to get a glimpse? One is of course Savitri, which is, uh, we all know it's a biographical poem, autobiographical poem. And the other, which is more direct, is Shubhendra's poems. So there he has written about his experiences and uh, through them we can take a dip into what vastness, what light, what love he held within his heart, what force, force one with unimaginable rest. So we just get a little glimpse of the might and light of Sri Though so It is, uh, I mean, none of us can really know him. He is infinity crowded in a face. Uh, still, it's a worthwhile um, journey to go through Sri poems. So at the close, I thought we will take up some of the questions which people ask. Questions, some of them may sound puerile. Someone asked me that, uh, have you never felt the need for a living guru because Shurabindu and the mother is not there? So my answer was, I never felt. But that's my answer. I never met them physically, but I never felt the need. On the contrary, I felt, uh, I have always felt the mother and Shurabindu as more concrete, honestly than all the concrete realities of the physical world. If somebody would ask me that at the end of the day, which is the most solid thing which you can <laughs> speak of in life, I would say the mother and Sri But I understand that these are individual, each journey is unique and some people need, some people don't need. Those who are blessed to feel their presence in the heart are, I would say, truly blessed. But then there are many who have certain questions and uh, as a postscript, if I may say so, some of these questions we can take up. One of them is, now that Shurabindu is not there, so and apparently the mother is not there, so what next? What is the yoga about? And Or some people ask it in another way. Where is Shurabindu? What is he doing? So... The answers are very simple and direct. Anybody who is conversant with even the ABC of spiritual literature and spiritual life know that the masters never die because if they were subject to death, that means they are subject to ignorance. They are free. By that very nature it means, by that very term it means that they are free to come or free to depart. If they were subject to death in the way we understand, then they would not be masters. So even normal masters, Shubhendu is way, way far beyond. They are not subject to death. Yes, the body goes through certain conditions. They may choose to withdraw. They may choose to linger in the body. They may choose to continue the body free of diseases, but in certain special states as Brahmanand could do. Or they may choose to take upon the body a million problems of the world. Uh, like Shurabindu spoke about uh, Sri Ramakrishna Paramahansa when he, he was asked that how come he left his body at 58 of throat cancer. Can't imagine the, the apparatus through which a wonderful book like Sri Ramakrishna Kathamrit flowed. It's a remarkable book. He had throat cancer and Shurabindu explains it very beautifully. He says, didn't he say that he took upon himself the problems of his disciples? 
So Shurabindu, this was the decent way of saying, and but we know that Shurabindu would and the mother would do the same thing. But what have they are not bound to the body? If they take on a human body, it is for a certain work, certain purpose. And when they leave the body, their action, if anything, becomes more intense and more powerful, precisely because they are freed from the limitations of the body. They enter the body mainly. Uh, say masters like Sri Ramakrishna because one has to do a work in a certain field which cannot recognize the divine unless we see it through our senses so they come within the range of a sense experience when the work is over they, they depart whatever they had to do uh, with Shurabindo it was not just entering for uh, our sake in terms of coming within the limits of the senses to but to work upon the senses to work upon the body so it was a very different kind of work a work which was considered as impossible uh, to the traditional sages and seers yet at the same time after 1950 shurbindo like any other master to to put it this way he is free he can be wherever he want to be he could be in several places at the same time he could continue to be in close contact with the earth for centuries if he wants to be because unlike the physical body the subtle physical is not subject to the laws of degeneration because there is no touch of inconscient there this gross material body is the one which is subject to the action of the inconscient it is the field <coughs> it is the field of the uh, dark hostile forces because this gross body has been formed by a meeting of the divine consciousness which takes its plunge involutes comes to subtle physical still it retains something of its glory but the moment it takes the next step it comes out like somebody is taken a dip into the coal tar or into the mud and mire and the same body assumes a very different character because of the mixing of the inconscient and the subtle physical so this is what this gross body is and yet there is something which can happen in this gross body which cannot happen in the subtle physical and that something is that when it comes out completely colored or touched by the inconscient now what is the inconscient inconscient contains within itself all the seeds of the superconscient so all the possibilities of the superconscient are there in the inconscient and therefore it's only when you take that burden that there is a possibility of the full flowering otherwise in subtle physical world if you go forms are not subject to degeneration vital world you can live indefin- indefinitely the gods themselves have life which is uh, till the next mahapralaya they can continue to exist but the moment inconscient touches it is the base also of death falsehood unconsciousness and suffering at the same time within that mire there is the rose and the lotus and the orchid and all other things so that's why this makes it very special so this is the work if you don't take a dip into the inconscient the fullness of divine manifestation will not take place in such a concrete way at the same time the moment consciousness takes a plunge into the inconscient it means entering a state of complete self oblivion so if we look at it it's a real challenge and yet this challenge uh, the divine takes one because only the one who is all powerful and all knowing can afford to become weak and ignorant see i was in in very uh, the other day we were discussing that you know the sign of somebody who is truly self assured and capable 
he will not care about the dress one is wearing or the perfume one is putting or the Mercedes Benz with which he is coming out. He knows himself. He doesn't have to put on an external show or appearance. He doesn't have to look good because he is good. He is what he is. So the divine being what he is, he becomes the seed, a helpless seed which is lying casually on the sand and it has to blossom into a tree. He becomes the helpless of the child who will grow into a sage, a martyr, a hero. He becomes the dust and the sand. He becomes the atoms. Why? Because he knows ultimately, whatever it be, because the divine is the divine, this nature will emerge. The supernature which is behind will start breaking through the layers and emerge. But the difference is, if he breaks through the layer, then there is no manifestation. This is what the old yogis tried to do. Whichever level you are, break through it. But here, he wants to use that state to slowly expand. It's like a child expanding the limbs inside the womb, then emerging, then slowly growing. Because that's how the manifestation will become beautiful, complete, through all the challenges and struggle. This, if you look at it from one point of view, may look impossible. But for the divine, the impossible is the sign of things to be. So, what we consider impossible is for him the possible. So, Sri has taken upon himself the impossible task, the seemingly impossible task. And why did he take the seemingly impossible task? Because he alone could do it, as simple as that. So, it is impossible only till it is realized. And why it seems impossible? Because people often say, but he is omnipotent, omniscient, yes. That's true. Uh, but omnipotent, omniscience is not like a magic wand acting anywhere and everywhere arbitrarily. There is a process. The moment you enter into time and space, you get a third element which is called causality. So causality is invariably in time and space. You have a child sown in the womb or a seed sown into the soil. Then through a process it will manifest. It's not like he springs, throws these seeds and they all... Magically like the television show Grow into a tree The moment you enter time and space You enter into causality Because some things will be before And some things will be later on The moment you enter that This causality And this causality is important In the world of relativity In the absolute He can do that That's how the supramental and higher gods are formed Out of that state But this is a different challenge Which he has taken And as I said This challenge will eventually lead to a Much more fuller manifestation than even one can imagine even for the gods. Otherwise, there was no need to do it. So, there is a poem of Sri the call of the impossible. A godhead moves us to unrealized things. Anything that a person has dreamed in life or has faith in or he has even once willed, that he will realize. Sri says, faith and will are the moving powers. Faith is like the knowledge which foresees something which we don't understand at that point of time. It is the reflex of the light. Intuition manifests in human beings as a faith. In things that are not yet, yet we have faith that they can be. And the will is the tapas. So if we look at it, they are the two aspects, knowledge and power. And whatever our will strives for, with whatever challenges, whatever our faith has, keeps itself sustained. Eventually, man will realize itself. In the synthesis, he gives only three main sutras in the beginning. One is faith and will. 
and the second is the surrender of the ego with all its separators to that which is beyond the ego which is the divine mother so these are the two main things a godhead moves us to unrealized things asleep in the white folds of destiny a world guarded by silence rustling wings shelters their fine impossibility so this impossibility is that will it want it but it is there already concealed it's that impossibility is in the sense when a seed is sown into the soil it's already the possibility but will it want it enter into the fullness of the tree that's where the thing stands but parting quiver the cerulean gates strange splendors look into our dreaming eyes but the gates doors begin to open and our souls begin to dream of unrealized things so uh, that's a important aspect of you see life operates like that what does life do this is the true you know the way life operates in us is that's how yoga also operates what does life do it doesn't make us sit and read about life and then says go ahead it gives a experience a hard knock sometimes maybe a shock so what happens as a result we have what was it this is exactly the starting point of a great discovery now that's also about yoga shobindu speaks about call to the yoga so what is the call for whatever reason if the call has come that you are seeking something which the whole world may think it's madness but because there is a seeking that means it will be realized that's the beauty of it so life does it in this way it gives an experience and then we automatically ask what was it that hit me of course the next level can be how can i master it how can i prevent it human beings go through a lot of processes so there is a logic behind it it's not that life is uh, because when we have the quest then we deserve the nectar of immortality so the quest is awakened through faith and will in man we bear proud deities and magnificent fates faces and hands come near from paradise where are the gods to be found in the through the doors of the psychic shobindu says one of the conditions is to um, enter the world of the gods for the supramental so the disciple asks but how how to enter he says that's um, too difficult for their their conditions the church says conditions applies no but still you must tell us he says well if you have egocentricity you can't uh, think about coming to gods so you have to be freed of ego why because gods are cosmic impersonal powers they may give us little things because our egocentricity demands that but if we want to be a partner of the gods then we have to be ready for the cosmic labor why do gods work not because they want something for themselves they work because they are moved by an inner impulsion to act so when we to get rid of all this uh, egocentricity oh how will i benefit the selfish aims then the gods become our friends Uh, otherwise they can be very exacting you know you know our shared stories about indra uh, till we are ready to really go beyond when we have become completely freed from the ego then they say okay fine the second thing shubindra says is if you find the psychic being that's where when savitri's description is there that as she goes near the soul whom does she find she discovers she is brahma and the creative word she is shiva and the shakti she discovers he is radha and krishna all these beings are like in a miniature way residing within our soul 
So one, there are two ways of contacting the plane of the gods who are looking at us, hands that reach out from paradise. They want to help us out. But we unfortunately use that hand only for lovely hand. Okay, can you make sure my child will get through uh, the degree? So he says, okay, fine. It's very easy for gods. Sometimes they won't when they love you. They say, Ki, this fellow is asking for foolish things. I have come to give him something else. As long as he is entangled, he is not going to grow. So sometimes they even take away. So we say, oh, cruel God, God doesn't exist. But he knows his job very well. So sometimes they will take away what you are really cherishing, you asked. And he takes away. Why? Because heaven's wiser love rejects the mortal's prayer. What shines above, this is the you know, basis of Shirobindu Juka. What shines above? It's, if it's only shining above, then we don't know. We have to keep calling. You know, people talk about supramental being there and bringing down. Supramental is also hidden in the depths of inconscient. That's why it can emerge. So what does the supramental coming from above does? It awakens and opens the door for it to emerge. That's what is required. What shines above waits darkling here in us. Here he gives us the sutra of transformation. All our shadow play, you know, all that we call as knowledge, idealism, love, joy, it's a shadow play. But the real thing, the seeking for these things, the real thing is either hidden in the depths or there above. So when that descends and presses, that possibility which is hidden here, it emerges. That's how all evolution takes place. Life evolves because from the plane of life, forces come and touch matter. Churn it, shake it vigorously. And suddenly we see life emerging. Then the forces from the mind world, they start coming and landing on the globe and stir the mind of the monkey. And the monkey mind changes into an illumined mind. You know, Ramayana is a story of that. And then when his forces of still higher consciousness come and touch upon the human consciousness, the human consciousness begins to grow into the likeness of gods. That's what we see in Mahabharata. That all these five Pandava brothers and the sixth one, they're all touched by a godlike impulsion. So Sri Krishna came to create Deva Manav, if you want to really put it that way. And Shurabhita comes to create Divya Manav. <laughs> so he takes us. Deva Manav is over mind God. See, there in the story, Sri Rama makes the monkey into an illumined human being, rational, somebody who can, monkey man. and Lord Krishna takes this illumined man to next level, be a godlike man. If you look at the Pandavas, they are all with a godlike impulsion. They are not low, ambitious, driven like Duryodhana and all these characters. There is something magnificent about them, something mighty, something wondrous, and that's why they appeal to the godlike impulsion in us. Uh, whatever we may debate or decide, we don't want to be like Duryodhana, you know, always unhappy, insecure, egoistic, ambitious, threatening with suicide. That's not a man to emulate. But the man to emulate is Arjuna, Bhima, Yudhishthir. Even Karna to an extent, he faulted at one place and that seed of possibility got thwarted. And then of course, Shabindu comes to take us beyond Faces and hands come near from paradise. We don't know. God's have entry in our lives. <laughs> what shines above waits darkling here in us. Bliss unattained, our future's birthright is. You see, when Shurabindu says, Poona Swaraj is our Janam Siddha Adhikar. What is that Swaraj? At 
two levels he said he said both political freedom and spiritual freedom mastery swaraj i am the master of myself what does it mean when i master my nature i am the master of destiny if you really look at destiny much of it is because of ignorance it's nothing to do with karma it's very simple you don't know what is the nature of fire you touch it want to grasp it will burn you it is not because of some past karma you did and almost all the time we are slave to destiny simply because we don't understand the forces so we do things which bring pain an act of ignorant attachment for example i should be to say all get blows blows do not come because there is something bad in you or because you have done something bad it's because we are attached to things which by their nature cannot last now this is one of the laws we don't understand it so we get attached when that thing is taken away then we say oh you are so cruel so bad then god will say right from the time of you know parshuram or even uh, narsingh avatar i am telling you don't be attached even as kashyap avatar is telling don't be attached if you want moini you will miss out on amrit if you look the entire story mat savtar don't be attached to the past then only you will find the short to the future all the stories is teaching us that always move towards the future so what is awaiting for us in the future the bliss unattained our futures birthright is beauty of our dim souls <coughs> grows amorous our souls right now asleep so when it is asleep it is lured by attractive faces outside when it wakes us then what happens it becomes amorous of beauty of a dim souls grows amorous we are the heights of infinite widenesses that it is oh my god that what we want widenesses amorous we fall in love with god we when we say fall in love with god is what that infinity that vastness that light that effulgence it's literally falling in love only when a man falls in love can he do the craziest of things <laughs> so one falls in love with god and then he becomes unstoppable even if he tries to stop the other from the other side he will not acha acha what happened your first affair is with me don't forget that sir i may forget you don't forget it <laughs> he says don't worry i'll remember it and like vishnu to narada he will eventually make sure once you are amorous of god he will not leave you with anything or anybody so this is the love affair for which we are here the impossible is our mask of things to be mortal the door to immortality so basically when life meets us with impossible so we should not say this cannot be done we should say i don't know how to do it it's all that we need to say i still don't know and one should be willing to try thousand times because if there is a will and faith it can be done all that is needed is perseverance and to hold on to that faith and that will that's all that is required but if we say oh it cannot be done then we have lost it and if we continue then and not only doom is not a close a mystic seal even this continues the journey beyond a life whatever we have not realized comes back when shobindu was asked uh, about some people who get um, suddenly at a young age they get all these you know illuminations experiences he says because they have done the sadhana in previous life this is the life for fruition some lives of a preparation so if we look at it the journey as a continuum then there is no place for despondence that you know it's a continuous journey it's not about oh when will i realize i am 70 75 80 
we are timeless literally timeless so whatever we have done in this life has gone into divine development deposit bonds ddbi and it, we are given when we are given with interest because the grace is this fellow after all struggled okay next life you are born in that's what shri krishna says no those who have loved me and not realized this arjuna's answer he says don't worry i make them born in a family where for family doesn't say what family but it means that he will very soon recover the past knowledge and continue the yoga this is what shri krishna promises this is exactly what shrivindra says so this journey is not a journey of one life it's not that oh where is shrivindra he is there he is there in the very mutti of earth he is mingled his consciousness with every atom of existence here and that's what the mother says this was on 7th december 1950 lord and of course he is there in our heart in essays on the gita when shubindra describes about the avatar's work he says in the end who benefits from the work of the avatar he says they who have faith they become madbhava madgata and they realize the divine in their heart because that's where he becomes permanent part of the earth he doesn't vanish he is anyways free <laughs> so it's not like oh after that this is a very crass ignorance that after death everything vanishes to start with nothing really vanishes even a developed soul can linger in the atmosphere after all uh, swami vivekananda is one of the angiras rishis who was called down from the higher worlds what about uh, amrita when he leaves the body he tells the mother mother um, i fuse with you but i want to keep my vital free because so that i can help people how is he helping people suddenly a little twinkle here a little touch there and suddenly your heart feels that sweetness and warmth of love for the divine that's how he does it so these are beings who are not subject to the laws of death and life the way we understand so this is only one aspect there are many things shrivindra has done subsequently the supramental manifestation took place Uh, the superman consciousness came the mind of light which immediately he left upon earth as an endowment this mind of light itself will is like a wild fire which is contaminating the earth and because of which now the human mind will be freed from ignorance it has become endowment of the earth he left it with the mother that's what the mother said that the moment he withdrew from the body the mind of light he passed on completely into me why because he doesn't need it it was for earth that he had gathered Shubhendra is beyond all this, but he gave it to her. It's literally it means he said, "See, this has already been done. So you take it, give it to those who you think are ready. And in any case, after the supramental manifestation, this what will generalize. So we will see that people ask the mother questions about mind of light, and she explains the mind which is freed fundamentally from the ignorance. So to start with, he left upon her the mind of light. then the mother carried on the work the supramental manifestation then of course in 62 something still greater we have talked about all this so i'm not touching upon that and because i want to keep the focus on the poems and then 69 the superman consciousness 72 the new body what more we want actually <laughs> so shubindu when you know people were wanting to give the what shall i say the samadhi I don't like the word burial and all this. I don't know, you know, why people use it. I'm very sensitive to these words. To, to, 
take the body and in the casket and uh, place it in the samadhi, then uh, the erstwhile disciples, intelligent disciples, logical disciples, human disciples <laughs> had to give a message. So, Shobindo had left his body. His mortal remains will be interred into the samadhi at such and such. The mother, they went to mother, thankfully, struck it off. There is nothing mortal about Shurabindo. Every cell of his was ablaze with the immortal flame. Some people will say, but where is the evidence? Long, long before, long, long before, you know, 1950, what was Shurabindo experiencing? Several places he has mentioned, but I am just taking one of the poem. The poem is The Descent. All my cells thrill swept by a surge of splendor. Actually, in records of yoga, it is described in great detail. Not only the supramental, the ananda descending right into the physical body, into the cells. All my cells thrill swept by a surge of splendor. Soul and body stir with a mighty rapture. Light and still more light like an ocean billows over me, round me. So he's experiencing that tremendous splendor entering into the very cells. So what happens to the body? At one place, Shurabindu says, what is achieved with great pain, struggle, say, Hatha Yoga, Raj Yoga. But you can do the same thing through the spiritual method. So what is the spiritual method? This is the spiritual method. So normally what happens in asana? You have a method, you sit and you try. With great practice, you learn how not to be fidgety. After that, when you go to Raj Yoga, you say, this is not important really. Then you say, oh my God, after all this. So what is that other method? Rigid, stone-like, fixed like a hill or statue. Vast my body feels and bears the world's weight. Vishwaru. You see him as that Vastness pervading the space, occupying the space as a form. It's not just that a diffuse vastness. This I can vouchsafe from even my own experience of Shiva The vastness which is form, vastness with a form. The mother speaks about her own body which has become so vast and she says, where is the ashram? She says, here is the ashram located somewhere on the side of the womb. She speaks of it. But she says it's a special formation. All the gods and all are here, there, everywhere. But this is a special formation. She cares for it. Almost like a womb. So, this is his experience. Dyer, the large descent of the Godhead enters limbs that are mortal. Into the mortal limbs, the immortal, the eternal, the infinite. He is entering into his limbs that are mortal. So, Shobindu could make his body heavy or light at will. You know, it is surprising. When they were trying to lift the body, they suddenly realized it's heavy, but he could be very light. Limbs that are mortal. And the mother says, uh, speaks about it. Thus, even Shobindu said, the supramental is dense, stronger and harder than a diamond, but soft like cotton. It has both these qualities together. Voiceless, 
thronged infinity crowds upon me presses down a glory of power eternal mind and heart grow one with the cosmic wideness stilled are earth's murmurs this is the way in yoga in this yoga to achieve what is otherwise achieved through very long processes in raj yoga but of course this is goes much further in raj yoga you reach that state of stillness to go further from the mind there is no question of the physical body transformation all this not there here it will automatically happen when there is a descent and people do experience it that you very naturally you begin to feel that state of inner stillness you want to sit in that quietude coming out is a pain swiftly swiftly pain is not the right word but you don't want to come out of it <laughs> swiftly swiftly crossing the golden spaces supramental spaces what happens knowledge leaps a torrent of rapid lightnings the intuitive flashes thoughts that left the ineffables flaming mansions blaze in my spirit thoughts that left the infinites blazing mansions flame in my spirit what wonderful lines lines these are so what happens to the heart slow the heart beats rhythm like a giant hammers each of it this but this heart can react in strange ways if the heart is not prepared it can really respond with a lot of palpitations this um dilip kumar rai would experience it though he is a bhakta he had lot of resistance in the head so once he says that mother i want to give me some concrete experience he said okay on this day at this time so he says he is waiting and he is there in his room waiting for the experience 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 sticking looking at the watch and then suddenly he starts feeling heavy palpitation he just cannot he becomes nervous he is sweating and he is afraid and he doesn't want all this and it vanishes she says mother but you told you will give an experience says, yes you couldn't bear anything so your body reacted like this so that's why the need of a strong and solid and supple body both which is what probably humanity is going through in a large scale because otherwise how will the manifestation takes place so she says i came little force i would pour and your heart reacted like this everything started reacting slow the heart beats rhythm like a giant hammers missioned voices drive to me from god's doorway words that live not save upon nature's summits ecstasies chariots so that is something very beautiful about shurbindo's words the sign that we are truly understanding is that when we read him you get joy and it is because of shivindo's words mind you it's just nothing else sometimes people have at least they have told me hey, you know when you read it there is such a joy it's not nothing to do with me their joy is there just read it read it don't try this uh, what does it mean what chariot what is the flaming chariot coming you are making imagination it nothing <laughs> we start thinking that there is daruk bringing the chariot just that just reading these lines can awaken a state of rapture inside for no reason and things are best when they are not for any reason as we understand 
Mother says only experiences that happen naturally, spontaneously have a value. <laughs> Trying to have an experience. All the world is changed to a single oneness. That's the supramental experience. That oneness. Souls, undying, infinite forces, meeting, join in God dance, weaving a seamless nature. Right now it looks like knotted. This knotted breaks, joins, breaks, joins. But this right behind this knotted nature, a wave-like nature. See, that's what modern physics tells us. That you can look at it like particles or you can look at it like waves. And my mother speaks about it in agenda. About, you know, her body which experiences like a wave-like motion. You see, when this force descends, sometimes your body gets into a rhythm. Even your walking, your gestures, postures, everything can become rhythmic. There are states in which, you know, the force itself does it. It brings the right, not just the attitude in the body, but the right movement, the right gesture, the right posture. Join in God dance, weaving a seamless nature, rhythm of the deathless. Mind and heart and body, one half of being. They are now together. Not like mind is crying one thing, heart is crying for another toy, life is asking another uh, little something and the body is craving for something else. Mind and heart and body, one half of being, cry that anthem, finding the notes eternal, light and might and bliss and immortal wisdom, clasping forever. So, Shubindu very much experienced all these things. And yet, if he left it, it was for us. So this is what is called as the great sacrifice. The mother said he renounced the realization in his own body. He just imagine he could have just gone ahead. But the gap between him and the earth would have been so much that we may have deified him, but we would have never tried to even become like him. So he instead chose the other way. He entered into the denseness of the earth, let his body be there so that these cells which are immortal, they will continue to radiate and emit that divine radiation into the earth atmosphere. That is the reason why at Samadhi we feel so special. We just need a little sensitivity, that's all, little opening. Hardly there are people who cannot feel at the Samadhi. There are people who came with a completely... Skeptic and you know their head was glued to the samadhi. Why? Because it is the hub where the supramental forces are radiating from his cells. He has sacrificed because of this reason. That's why when the mother <laughs> speaks of at the samadhi she has written, she says, um, maybe I can, okay. She speaks about to thee our infinite gratitude. O thou who has been the material envelope of a master. So she's speaking about the body which has struggled, suffered, endured, prepared, achieved all for us. Everything he had achieved. And yet he sacrificed all for us. And that's why he says, never for a moment may we forget all we owe to thee. So this is the gratitude we must carry. Because Shubhindu, it would have been very easy for him to just, you know, continue with his own physical transformation. But that would have meant, he would have been transformed. Let me read this. To thee who hast been the material envelope of a master, 
to thee our infinite gratitude before thee who hast done so much for us it's about just the envelope okay it starts the metal envelope <laughs> we must not forget <laughs> shobindu is everywhere yes at the samadhi much more because the very body draws it can hold his concrete supramental presence he is not bound by that we should not forget this prayer is about the material envelope of the master just about the body before thee who has done so much for us who has worked struggled suffered hoped endured so much it's a conscious body we can't imagine the body is doing the yoga suffering hoping enduring aspiring yes his very body cells were lit up with that flame before thee who has willed all attempted all prepared achieved all for us achieved that's how his body continues to become that radiating nucleus before thee we bow down and implore that we may never forget even for a moment all we owe to thee he had achieved all prepared all shubindu speaks in this poem transformation my breath runs in a subtle rhythmic stream all these stages he had experienced if he left that little last bit it was only because had he gone ahead in that direction it was like yoga is fulfilled for him where will be the aspiration in earth so he keeps himself tied to the earth so that the aspiration can continue that's the beauty of that divine sacrifice it's like he is doing the yoga for all of us but he is doing the yoga still even in his vast cosmic body now he achieves so the forces of destiny you have achieved it so it keeps a little bit tied to this mortal earth this is what is described in savitri in book 3 canto 3 the house of the spirit and the new creation that something holds keeps keeps he deliberately does that so that that aspiration can awaken in the earth and earth can become ready mankind can become ready my breath runs in a subtle rhythmic stream see there it was heartbeat here it's the breath so this is the natural pranayam if you want to call it not pranayam done by the power of the mind or breath but by the divine he takes hold of the prana and says i'll run your breath it fills my members with a might divine because breath that force of life i have drunk the infinite like a giant's wine time is my drama or my pageant dream now are my illumined cells joys flaming scheme again he speaks about cells they become the joys flaming scheme see that's really the effect of the samadhi this is something which thousands of people experience that's why people come from far away they are not fools that they come here only out of some sentimental devotion or something they experience they know that what you can get a few minutes contact at the samadhi see i am i can share this story about we are talking about you know asmuk <laughs> bhai the other day when you know he was he had come to india and he had just a day or something and Uh, he wanted to come to pondicherry but time was so short he could come only for couple of hours so he spoke to usha ben 
um, and uh, told her that, you know, I am thinking, uh, should I come? Or, you know, he wanted to come. She said, even if you can come for a few minutes, it's worth it. Just a few minutes spent at the samadhi, that's it. Why? Because the cells, they become abode of the flaming joy of God. That's why people go in a state of depression, rote huye, aate hain sab, haste huye jate hain sab. Ye hota hai na, this is so true. You go in a state of life, so this, that. You go put your head, when you put your head, it is like, when you get up, you say, why am I in depression? I am not supposed You want to call back that depression, but you just can't because you are happy. You can't help it. What is the magic? That magic is the self's flaming joy. So people often ask, uh, why are you here? I say, see, it's not about people think institution. This, that. I say, this is not about institution, organization. It's about the samadhi of Shurabindra and the mother. Even if nothing else is there, that's enough reason for coming and living here for good. At least for me, that's the reason. Nothing else. All else is there. It's there as part of, I mean, it's part of the life. But this is the reason for which one comes here. Why? Because now are my illumined cells, joys, flaming scheme and changed my thrilled and branching nerves to find channels of rapture, opal and highline. So even the nerves... Branching nerves, they are all become channels. And it is this, you know, deathless supramental force. It's not going to, you know, it will not let these things ever die. So what did we see on the body? It's the surface of the body. There are certain elements. But inside the nerves, the cells, what is happening in them? For the influx of the unknown and the supreme. So it deliberately let that part, he could have superimposed. That's what he was, I mean, five days, what happened? That could have continued and just penetrated and suddenly you would have found the body has vanished into a supramental creation. But he didn't want it like that for us. I am no more a vassal of the flesh. So to say that, you know, Shubindu left the body where, where, where will he go? <laughs> he is everywhere. He is in us. He is, as I said, Permanently on the earth, I am no more a vassal of the flesh, a slave to nature and a laden rule. I am caught no more in the senses, narrow mesh. My soul, unhorizoned, widens to measureless sight. My body is God's happy living tool. My spirit, a vast sun of deathless light. So these were the experiences that Shivinda was undergoing. Many more, if I mean, for I'm feeling torn between should I take one more session? <laughs> but divine sense, divine hearing, divine sight, even the very senses, not only was it not caught in the mesh of the senses, the senses had undergone a transmutation. All this he had experienced, the senses undergoing a transmutation. The senses had completely changed, the sight had changed, the hearing had changed, where in all voices he was hearing the divine voice. Not the way our little human mind, oh, that means whatever people spoke, he heard the flute. No, the mother describes it at great length. He said, when people come to speak to me, it's not the words. It's those vibrations. So she knows from where that word is coming. From that she knows the truth. That's why you'll see sometimes in conversation, she'll say, I didn't hear, what did you speak? What did you speak? 
and sometimes you'll see an answer which is very different from what has been spoken. And the mother explained this. See, some people come, they don't have clarity in the head. There's so much confusion. So this was her way of bringing that to the forefront. Because she could see that the person is not clear about what the person is asking. So unless there is that clarity in the question, there will be no clarity in the answer. And sometimes the person is asking one thing, but there is something else behind. So she could hear the truth which was behind. She could see the truth which was behind. And as Shubhinda says, my senses, they taste the fruits of paradise. And whatever, you know, he takes. So this was the, and that's why he could draw hardly. Mother and Shubhinda would hardly eat. Shubhinda's first meal, I'm, I can't imagine. He never made big bones about it that I am ascetic, doing fast and so many days. The ascetic fast is easier. Because you have fixed for yourself, after two days you have trained your mind, I am not going to eat. But far more difficult leads infinite plasticity, I may say. That your breakfast comes at 9, another day at 11, some days at 1, one day at 3 o'clock, and as Nirodha recounts, once at 4 o'clock. And Shabinda is the same image. This is far more difficult than simply taking, okay, two days, three days, I am not going to eat anything. Your, your mind is a powerful instrument It can completely train the body But where it doesn't know It will come now It may come later Try doing it It's far more difficult Because it requires A great degree of plasticity But his body And hardly would eat Whatever That little And when mother Even more frugal So somebody said Mother but you are eating so little She said Do you really think That I draw my energy From this little meal <laughs> It was only for the flesh As an excuse to the Said, do you really think I draw my energy from this food? So this was their life. Is their life. Just uh, and that's why the mother said, Lord, this morning thou hast given me the assurance that thou would stay with us until thy work is achieved. So this was about the body. What about Shurabindo? He is there in the subtle physical, in his permanent body. And I would say the supramental body. Formed in the supramental way. No more through a process of birth. That means when the supermind would manifest upon earth, he can use that material to form his own body. And of course the mother's body. This, uh, I have reasons to speak of what I am saying, but obviously they are too personal. Until thy work is achieved, not only as a consciousness which guides and illumines, but also as a dynamic presence in action, in unmistakable terms, thou hast promised that all of thyself would remain here and not leave the earth, not leave the earth atmosphere until earth is transformed. Grant that we may be worthy of this marvelous presence and that henceforth everything in us be concentrated on the one will to be more and more perfectly consecrated to the fulfillment of thy sublime work. So instead of wasting time thinking, where is he, is he there, is he not there? I mean, where is the supermind located? There was a most, I would say, uh, I'm sorry to say, but a foolish book, locating Shurabindo, situating Shurabindo. Matlab, I am God who can situate, you know, where are the masters. Presumptuous, folly, Series of essays by people. Where is Shurabindo located? Okay, he is there on the fourth mandala. Somebody is on the... That's how, you know, that... I don't want to name. That book was written by somebody. He is on fourth level. Somebody on seventh level. Somebody... 
drowned in the mud dreaming heavens. You can be, you know, if you are dense asleep in the mud, you can still dream of heaven. So this is how I mean that. So, where is Shurabindo and who is Shurabindo? There is a very nice, uh, certain things you love about uh, certain gestures in certain cultures. So one of the parampara of, you know, people in music, gharana, when they speak about their master, you know what they do? Ustad. Means I am taking their name, forgive me. You know that Bamakeva telling people, you are taking his name with your tongue which is full of vista. You dare to take his name. The Lord is magnanimous that he allows us. But frankly just to take his name through this tongue. Uh, do we really deserve? Who is he? I must read few lines from this poem. Uh, the Life Events. It's a long poem where he uses some of these wonderful lines. Force one with unimaginable rest. This is the line. My dumbness fills with echoes of a far voice. Earth's dumbness. By me the last finite. Why the earth is made? Here comes the secret of secrets. Why earth is made? For a very special work which cannot be done in heaven. Which cannot be God's help in this. But there is something special about the earth. And mother says it's a special formation. It's a condensation of the supreme. Why it has been made? Because there is something which can happen here which cannot be done anywhere. So earth is the living laboratory of God. In which man has to become not only living but a conscious uh, collaborator. To bring out of this laboratory with all kinds of reactions. At physical level, there are physical reactions. At biological level, there are reactions with atmosphere. At human level, chemical chemistry and physics. <laughs> you know, human beings when they come together, chemical reactions, explosions and drawn together. But through all these reactions, something else is emerging and that is bound to emerge. By me, the last finite yearning strives because the infinite has broken into seemingly it's not it never it can never break but there is the seeming infinitesimal which has happened in earth infinitesimal in material universe but in earth that whole process is condensed by me the last finite yearning strives till that is transformed to reach the last infinities unknown the eternal is broken into fleeting lives and Godhead pent in the mire and the stone. This is the work for which Shubhinda has come to earth, set his feet and there is no doubt that this verse work is going to end up in wonderful success. I will close with this poem and maybe next week we will read something on these senses and Savitri because that's the wonderful gift of Shurabindo to earth and man the golden light thy golden light came down into my brain and the grey rooms of mind sun touched became these are his experiences he had experienced the transformation he is describing it very beautifully <laughs> It's not like in my vision I saw orange light coming down. 
that uh, you know you hear people ah i saw orange light coming and it must also create a change so how do we know <laughs> so what happens when this light touches the brain if it is not ready one can enter into what is called as luminous madness <laughs> this is what happened to that is the curse of apollo no to cassandra you will see but nobody will believe you because apollo is what apollo is basically that god of knowledge wisdom light so he when he touches mates with cassandra cassandra says boss that's it i will not be faithful to you anymore i will have my own partners is okay fine because you have mated with me you will see the visions but because you have turned away nobody will believe that's the troy story you know where <laughs> priyam sister daughter thy golden light came down into my brain so what happens to the brain and the great rooms of mind suntust became the mind of light eva a bright reply to wisdom's occult plane a calm illumination and a flame so the mind becomes an illumined mind a flame of rapture of truth of bliss so it automatically knows the truth it doesn't need to go through that laboring process of the rational mind thy golden light came down into my throat and all my speech is now a tune divine a pain song of thee my single note my words are drunk with the immortals wine so these words like the vedic rishis they said what comes after knowledge it says comes ananda soma then only ananda comes so words are drunk with the immortal wine so it's just not knowledge it's knowledge one with bliss thy golden light came down into my heart smiting my life with thy eternity so we cannot cabin it now into a small little bits and parts main aur mera parivar aksar ye baatein karte hain you know <laughs> ek parivar sukhi parivar <laughs> it's gone the world that's how vasudev kutumbakam family is formed not an idea oh all world is one family come let's have a party together the asra will wait for this he says yes last time a person had twisted the great teaching by saying that there is no good and no evil god is beyond good and evil and therefore he massacred everybody now you say all is one family only after this experience when life is smitten by the eternity but already the knowledge is there to act in the right way to give the right response so what happens to this heart after that now has it grown a temple where thou art isn't it always the temple yes but a very unclean temple where the fire has not been lit where the deity's face is covered with all kinds of uh, you know dust of the centuries where the walls are broken so temple is there but a temple where the unseen beloved lives unworshipped and even unrecognized so now has it grown a temple where thou art and all its passions point towards only thee once the temple is there you enter then everything goes to the deity thy golden light came down into my feet right up to the subconscious and the inconscient thy golden light came down into my feet my earth is now thy play field 
and thy seat.